Hello, everybody. We are back with another very special edition of our Jaded Interviews. I'm Kevin Rogue. I got Will with me. And our guest today is referee extraordinaire. I can tell you firsthand, nobody, nobody in this business sells a nut shot like Clark <laughs> Feldman. Clark, how are you, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, happy to be here. Um, off work, got my monster, probably going to switch to a few beers later. So I'm doing good. How are you guys? I love that great. energy of like, you're like, hey, I want to be prepared to stay up, but I know I'm going to be a hooligan later <laughs> on at least. Yeah, yep. You got to you gotta bring your bring yourself up to get a little slur, right? <laughs> Absolutely. He's speeding around there like a, like a, God, what's the, nope, it's already gone. Doesn't matter. Moving past it, man. <laughs> All right, so, next one. Referee. Right. Because you've been in it for you've been in it for a while now. And I'm, I'm one of those old original first wrestling guys. Right. Right. Before, okay. Way back when it was way back when it was Midwest Pro. Right. And Onyx was there. I'm, I'm way back. How did yeah, you that was... uh, how did you get into the fold? What was your I mean, what were the steps? What was the training like? OK, so um, I, I was just like screwing around on probably like Facebook or Twitter one day and I saw, hey, there's a wrestling school opening. I Google it and it's literally down the road for me. And so I'm like, OK, this is interesting enough because like back in the day, I thought about you know, like going out to either coast to train. But I'm like, that's a lot of money. And if I suck, like I'm out of a lot of money and I just kind of <laughs> uprooted. This, right. is, this is just down the road for me. So what have I got to lose? And on top of that, like I saw the list of trainees or trainers were like Ken Anderson, Sean Devari, Eric Cannon, and Molly Holly. Yes. So yep. I was like, okay, so this isn't like butt crack Bob who's going to like <laughs> show me maybe one move and off I go. Yeah. And I don't want to know what butt crack Bob's finish is either. Yeah, I don't either. It's, <laughs> it's probably a stink face. I mean, that seems on par. You guys are missing out. <laughs> so yeah with that we were part of the first class and th i think they were trying to figure out what to do like as far as the curriculum goes it's like instead of dividing it up into like beginner and advanced class it was just like we're gonna have these guys on these days and these guys on you know the other days so right off the bat i'm in a class with uh darius martin um, oh. <laughs> Brandon Gore, like pretty much like the who's who of people who've been around for a minute. And then there's me. Right. right. <laughs> so um, I learned how to do all the basics, like locking up, running the ropes, taking bumps. But again, having like uh, having Darius go in there, like show it how show off how it's done. And then um, me trying my best attempt at it. It was it was rough. You mean to tell me that you're not flying like Darius? Um, maybe if I slip <laughs> on a like ice or something, but not naturally. So you're you were you were starting off, and you were you were planning on going in as a as a wrestler. How did yeah. you how did you transition into to being an official then? Yeah, did someone like pull you on the side and they were like, "Hey, man, we need to talk." <laughs> I I kind of got that vibe because, well, I was racking up some injuries. Like wrestling was definitely hard on my ankles and my hips so even even do even learning something like how to go over the top rope like i would end up rolling my ankle and be like all right i'm sidelined this week sorry i'd still hang out and do like what i can right 
And it reached a point where the first class was starting to put together practice matches. So when you're doing practice matches, oh, hey, we need a ref. And um, it just kind of lined up like, like, well, I, I guess I'll give it a try. Funny, funny story, too. Like my first taste with the refing was I'd signed up to do like a practice session because I just really wasn't nailing how to do like any of the bumps. Um, I, for the life of me, I couldn't figure out how to do a back bump. So I get there just to drill back bumps. And at the time, Braun Strowman was just getting um, ready to make his comeback from like uh, shoulder surgery. Okay. So he is in there working on some stuff with the guy. And I'm like, okay, well, this is kind of a bummer cuts into my like private session, but I'll <laughs> hang out. And they're like, no, 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 man, get in here and ref us. I'm like, okay. So yeah, here I am. I guess my quote unquote, like first match is, you know, refing Braun Strowman and, uh, um, Mitch paradise. Oh, and Mitch paradise. That's, yeah, that's, yep. that's phenomenal, man. I love, I love Mitch pa- paradise, man. He's, he's a uh, Minnesota indie royalty. Yeah. Super good dude. And he was just like, yeah, just listen to me, kid. And you know, like they, they walked me through some stuff there, like real basic, like, yeah. Hey ref, aren't you going to check on me? Like, Hey ref, I'm hurting, you know, like really holding my hand there. Hey ref, watch the hair. <laughs> yeah, yep. But I like that enough that I was like, Hey, I tried refing for these guys last night. Like for these practice matches, could I just ref these two? And, um, I just like started at, started doing these practice matches and like after each one, they'd give me a little bit more feedback. Like, okay. Like per, usually for like TV or like Indies, whatever, there's going to be a camera here. So you're going to want to move around it. Cause the fans want to see the wrestlers and not your ass. Right. And right. I was like, okay, that's, that's a way to put it that like, I don't know, man, you get, you get some pops out there. There's, there's some people <laughs> out there looking for Clark ass. Yeah, well, I, it's Kevin, definitely Kevin for one. I always joke like, cause like, like for first events, we're like Clark, you should you should maybe do like a burlesque spot. And I'm like, hell no, the the fans would throw money in the ring for me to put my stuff back on and you know get back to roughing. Hey, money is money though, so one way or the other, you are bringing in a positive income. Yeah, that's true. Yep, it all deposits the same. <clears throat> But so, telling the bank teller though is a different story. Yeah, that is true. Yep, that is true. So you, you get you get into you get into officiating, right? And obviously, going through the academy, you have you have a step up, right? And you have connections, obviously, with first wrestling uh, right away. So did you just kind of slide into first wrestling? Because I know, I mean, Rob, Rob Page is, is is was always the guy that was kind of synonymous with with first wrestling for sure. years. Um, and now you're you're kind of getting that that kind of first wrestling rub was that was that a transition because i know those crowds can be tough man was that a, was that an easy transition um well my first like one of my first like sh- big shows was it was pretty trial by fire and i think that might have been by design by canon like hey man do you really want to ref because right. that was that would have been four or five years ago at open streets kind of right outside of up up down yep yep and yeah like massive crowd and I was like, yeah, I've, I've ref like some practice matches. I've gotten some feedback that I was like, Hey man, just keep at it. But like, this is the real deal. Right. So the whole time I'm freaking out, like, you know, like right in cannons, you're like, Hey man, do I do this? Do I do this? His advice for me is just like pat me on the shoulder. Like 
you've seen wrestling kid just get out there and have fun <laughs> i'm like but what if what if he's like just go out there and have fun you'll figure it out boy that's got to be such a vote of confidence for you though man that just to because he's he's right you've watched wrestling you know how, how it's just performing what the official's uh spot is essentially in the match so just to have somebody in your corner that says hey go have fun like that's that's got to take the edge off a little bit right a little bit and then like uh let's see i'm trying to think of my opening match it would have been uh actually i've got my match history here oh you're, you're writing yourself a little uh list of jericho style book are you clark pretty much yeah um my first match was chris jordan versus scott story for for this up down show i don't know why but i thought you were gonna say scott stab and i was gonna be like wow that's a <laughs> pretty <laughs> monumental first match no but i did get to see him uh um on one of his last runs with the the pilots chris chris jordan the genuine the genuine article yep the genuine article oh man junk squad fame yep the one and only man you're hit you're tugging at my heartstrings there (laughs) i know i know and uh that was like i think the plan for that show was that was supposed to be it for me like get out there do one like get my feet wet um I think Rob was supposed to ref that show and he was just like, you know what? I'm having fun drinking beers. Let the, let the kid have mine. (laughs) So my next match was like, this is a really weird, like full circle, like moment. will like for later on, but second match was a fire ant. You might know him as orange Cassidy versus Chuck Taylor. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That was my first time too, like working with like people I I had admired. So I was like extra nervous and, kind of like in my head just making it a much bigger deal than it was like for them it was just like we're gonna we're gonna get out there goof around do our stuff and you know have fun yeah. me i'm acting like you know like there's agents in the in the audience like <laughs> clark makes one mistake like that's it his career's toast <laughs> well because you keep such like a heavy mindset like you'd want to be a perfectionist with it like i, I definitely understand that mindset do you think because, like you said, when you started, you learned how to take bumps and stuff like that. And not every wrestler, like I'm sure, like you said, in practice matches, you know, someone will ref and everything like that. But do you think there's a certain level of understanding you have to have of the psychology of wrestling compared to your average wrestler? Because, yeah, like there is psychology in wrestling, but we do see times where it's starting to dwindle, especially like with WWE. Their bigger thing like now is like they train people the way they want them to wrestle and like sometimes the psychology is lost do you think that you always have to be constantly thinking of the psychology of the match and helping these athletes tell their story if that makes sense absolutely like uh i guess one of the guys on my ref mount rushmore todd sinclair like that's 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 like his big viewpoint of refing is like we're we're in there to help these wrestlers tell their story like however it needs to be done so um I think for refs, understanding psychology helps, especially with tag matches, because those can those can get to be pretty much like a you know like a cluster. And having an idea of where you're at in the match helps me like figure out like okay, I should probably go here or here, and so I'm not getting in the way or you know like ruining the big comeback spot because like I was just standing there with my thumb in my ass. 
Would you say being a referee is almost like being the drummer of the band? Like you're super crucial, yet nobody gives you the credit you deserve. I would say the bassist, because like the oh, drummer. Oh, yep. absolutely not. It's the it's the drummer. All right, I'm hey, a big. I'm sure. I'm, I'm a Everybody bassist, does so. hate the bassist, though. I you know I play bass too, Clark. I I know exactly what you're saying. Everybody doesn't give a shit about us. They're like, you play one string if you play metal, but like if. Uh, you know, like if you're like if your bass cuts out, people notice it. They're like, oh, they they can't put their finger on why, but they're like, hey, something's off. Mm-hmm. Like the drummers, like when they're hitting the skins, doing souls and stuff, like people are all about them. It's like, here's something even crazier. I once saw a band. I don't know if you know who they are. They were just on this tour package. They're called King A Ten. Oh yeah, they, yep, I've heard of them. King A Ten straight up played with a bassist, a drummer, and their vocalist. No guitarist. And I'll tell you, that is the most interesting sight in the world, because usually, like you said, like, even though you might not notice it, like, blatantly, you'll know something's off with the bass. But with guitar, you're like, okay, we're just going to play all of this on bass. Let's fucking run it up. Yep. Um, another band kind of in that vein, Death From Above 1979. Yes. Okay. Okay. I see where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah. Pretty easy to get into like music talk here too. Like that turned the oh, no, show into like we've lost Kevin so easily. He's like, <laughs> I'm over here listening to the Grateful Dead, brother. The, hey man, I yeah, I gotta I mean honestly, Clark, I, I stopped listening to new music when Seven Dust first album came out. So <laughs> unless it's unless you're hitting me with like Streetlight Manifesto, it, oh it goes, shit, I um it's over my yeah. head. I saw Streetlight. Cause I'm originally from like Sioux Falls, South Dakota at okay. like this podunk VFW. It was like 40, 40 kids, streetlight, big D in the kids table. And then some local bands. Oh, yeah. They were fucking around, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> as much as I like streetlight manifesto, I'll always give it to Lewis and Jake a little bit more because like I'm probably three hours from Gainesville. So it's like when you get introduced to ska down here, they're like, Hey, here you go. Yep. And then it's like, uh, when you start getting into more unknown music, then you're given Streetlight Manifesto. <laughs> sure. That's like it's like the gateway drug into ska. Exactly. <laughs> um go oh yeah, go ahead, Will. So I was just gonna say, like, because obviously your path didn't go the way you wanted it to, do you regret anything or are you happy that it kind of turned out the way it did and you become came a ref? Because I don't think there's like a surplus of people who want to be referees, even though like if I'm being real with you, I've highly considered it i'm like that would make more sense for my fat ass uh sure but like you know what i mean there when you hear people talking about like i want to get into the business they're not like i want to become a referee or like i want to become a commentator it's i want to be the i want to main event wrestlemania or i want to be the right champion everywhere i think uh it's like i was at about like seven or eight months where i was doing like a hybrid mix of still training still learning to wrestle and then also diving more and more into refing I I just kind of took a good look at myself and I'm like at the time like WrestlePalooza was my goal. I'm like we'll worry about like the WrestleMania like, you know, like or like Ring of Honor is another big one like, you know, like stepping up WrestlePalooza to Ring of Honor to you know, like Mania. Um WrestlePalooza was my goal initially and I'm like let's see. You know, taking a look at like some of the some of the folks they book like uh, I'm like my is like entertaining as Orange Cassidy as a wrestler, probably not. My like a high flyer, like uh, like DJZ, uh, Top Flight, any of those guys. Nope. So I realized like my 
my ceiling was pretty low there as a wrestler. Like, you know, like probably Zilch and on maybe at most like a, we really like this guy. So we'll throw him in a, like a scramble match. <laughs> but like as a referee, I'm like, sure. Like I, I'm not necessarily like, I'm not the star of the show, but I can at least help. Like when people are like, man, that main event was killer. Like, you know, I had my part to play in that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, it's a, it's a really big part to play. Um, and I wanted to touch on, you were talking about the helping the psychology of the match with, with them telling their story. And obviously you have, you know, you have your knowledge of wrestling, but when you are looking to enhance what you do as an official, do you, are there certain officials that you sit back and you watch and you take notes from? Cause obviously talking to other wrestlers, they can be like, yeah, you know, I, I sit back and I'm watching, you know, the bastard Pac or I'm watching old Hitman stuff. Like, are you going back and kind of digging through your tapes and watching like old referees? Like, how are you? How Tommy you Young is like, Tommy, Young. Tommy Young's one of the goats for me. Like just a lot of the little things he does, like, um, if there's like a pin kind of in the corner, he'll slide outside of the ring, count on the apron, like just little things like that, that, you know, maybe, maybe it might not be apparent to someone just watching right away, but it's like once, once you hear it, now you're looking for it. Right. Or when he's refing tag matches, like he's, he's remaining impartial, but as they, as the heels start to, uh, you know, do more and more antics. He just does a little bit of like, he's getting frustrated at him. Like, okay, I've got to call it down the middle, but these guys are, these guys are testing my patience, you know, just little things like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. So the, I mean, so you're not out there and you're not watching old Hebner stuff from the, from the, the eighties or anything like that. Trying to oh, <laughs> I, grew, I grew up with like the attitude, like WCW, the attitude era. So like, like, Attitude Era Hebner. Patrick and <laughs> have you ever considered maybe like doubling and going into management? Like kind of like how uh, Bill Alfonso did. You know, he started out as a referee. Right down the middle, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Could you a whistle or something like that? Yep. Oh yeah. Um I thought about that. Um but I feel like I would really have to have like a like a character that's like okay this isn't clark at all like this is like it's gonna be a dramatic enough change as a wrestler as as a manager and i would i feel like uh you know like i wouldn't be able to do double duty because that would look you know weird like uh, why is why is the dickhead manager suddenly donning stripes and you know, respecting <laughs> the rules yeah yep speaking I, of respecting I, the rules oh i'm sorry kevin I was going to say, I think you go the opposite way with it, man. You keep on being a referee, but then you also wrestle and you ref your own matches because <laughs> I don't think anybody's done that shit yet. And I think, I think you could pull it off. Yeah. I, I don't think so. Like <laughs> of like all the wacky stuff I've seen, like, yeah, I haven't seen that. <laughs> I, uh, so what I was going to say is like, you know, respecting the rules of, uh, I'll use AEW as an example because they always come under uh, attack for it. How do you feel about when referees don't respect the rules? Like there's maybe this disconnect, like people forgot what the rules of wrestling are and who do you think actually sets that standard? Like, yeah, there's the, you know, lifelong standards of what a wrestling match is, is like, like for a perfect example, a three count wins the match, you know, like that's just set in stone, but yep. we've seen different companies, you know, have a different, 
uh, rule set. Like, you know, AAA does things a little bit different than AEW, and then AEW does things in WWE. Like, do you ever get mad when you see, like, people who might have their own rules, but then there's just things that are, like, there's, like the three count where they're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. Like, holding the rope, I think, is a good one. Sure. Or um, one that... Um... One of my friends got heckled for because like Minnesota is very like AWA territory. Yep. Um, some guy got thrown over the top rope and this old timer is screaming at him for the remainder of the rematch. Like, <laughs> Raph, that's a DQ. That's a DQ. He went over the top rope. And, you know, it's like, well, we really don't do that anymore. That that went the way of the carrier pigeon. Um, I think... At the end of the day, it it comes down to whatever whatever the boss man wants for for the rules. But I also think like like whether it's like the the like uh, the announcers, the wrestlers, the referees, etc. We're all kind of a team here. Like um, I know like AAW out of Chicago. Like their thing is like no DQs, no no countouts, just wrestling. So that makes it interesting to ref there because like if someone's choking them on the ropes, like can't really start a five count, but like my first time working for them, I was like, so what do I do? And uh, one of the refs was like, well, you can't really disqualify them, but you can yell at them like, Hey, that's a dick. Like that's a dick move. Like you can't win by killing them. <laughs> so did you yell that's a that's a dick move as many times I, you I pantomime you're like hey hey right. come on like that's not gonna end the match because <laughs> right. it's got to be weird to get out of that like counting you know going to start the start the five count or going to start the you know the 10 count outside and you can't those counts don't matter anymore so you right that's a one dick move that's a two dick move yep. or um a real real like common one or like semi-common one, it's like counts on the outside of the ring. Like you're you're used to the standard like ten count, but like uh, Japan especially is a twenty count. Yep. So when you have international talent coming over, you're like you almost have to remind them like, hey, hey, it's a ten count here. Like, gotta gotta get back into the ring. Have you ever had like that situation where you did a ten count and they were from somewhere else and they didn't realize and then you had to be like, oh shit, well match over. Um, <laughs> sort of like. There was one match where they were going to do like the, they slide in at like 9.9, but uh, someone missed their cue. So they were both out there and I was being really generous about it. Cause I'm like, you know, like circling back to psychology, like fans usually get pretty pissed when a match ends in like a 10 count. Like they're just like, eh, that's, you know, like we got robbed. So I lean into that a bit. I'm like, guys, I'm at nine here. Like, let's get to you guys in the ring. Like, I don't want it to end like this. You start they, doing the 9.1. <laughs> yeah, just about I'm like, you know, big build, like guys need you in the ring. And all right. Ten. If you're outside, get inside. Yeah. Yep. Like just, just tried to buy them as much time as I could. And they were still, <laughs> they still had a bunch of other stuff to use. So I'm like, all right, 10. Got to the back, and they're like, "Yeah, you did the right thing." Sucks <laughs> that it happened that way. On the uh, darker side of refereeing, have you ever had a have you ever had to call an injury, like a major one? Yeah, and um, that's also why, like, one of my few like pet peeves as a referee is when they do like the X spot. I, I feel enough people know, like, okay, signal the X, like someone's hurt, especially if it's a fake injury, because I've had that 
happen as just like a comedy spot like you know like someone's like i think it's something like with hornswoggle or someone was like guy gets bit on the ass he gets uh he gets the x raised you know like, <laughs> some, like there's a comedy bit about that which that in and of itself is fine whatever that's the match they wanted to do but later on someone like took a german wrong and actually got hurt so i'm like yeah this this isn't like a goof this isn't a part of the show like get him right. oh, or um yeah like people have gotten like knocked silly and it's just a matter like referees i find like we're kind of the first line of defense when something like that goes wrong so you're checking on them making sure like you know if they are concussed like all right like i've only had it happen in scrambles and with that i'm like all right you're done like get get to the outside like take you're a load off so then, that's 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 a really interesting because I I'm actually I'm uh, certified trained in uh, concussion first diagnosis and you know next step uh, I forget exactly what the whole certification is so do you have those type of certifications are you able to diagnose that quickly on the spot that's that's a tricky situation man unfortunately like that's that's one of my goals is to get certified in that mm-hmm. right now it's it's kind of like you you can get like how how would I say it it feels like there's tells like. Yeah. Like the, the lights are on, like, and it is kind of tough because like it, it seems almost ingrained into a lot of wrestlers, like no matter what, they got to finish the match. Right. So right. Here's you almost here. have to, Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Finish. Finish. I'm so sorry. So yeah, there's been a few times where you know, like I have to step in and just be like, yeah, seriously, like that looked bad. I don't know if you're selling or not. Just get to the back. Right. Right. That's, that's, that is, that is tricky. I do have, uh, uh, there's some pretty, uh, I mean, there, there are courses that you can go through and they're, they're online. You can get certified real quick. And I think it's, it's super, I, I have mine because I coached, uh, football for 14 years. So okay. like it's, it's, you can go through it. And, and I, for me, at least as a, as a coach, it really helps as far as being able to, to be able to, being able to diagnose kind of on the fly, which is something that, I mean, for you, I think it'd be a, a great tool because that is such a tricky situation. Cause you know, that, that, that brain stuff, man, you got to watch out for that. Yeah. Yep. Um, like, yeah, pretty much. It's just been like rule of thumb for me. Like if it looked bad, like, yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You got to kind of move on. Is there certain types of, are there certain types of matches that you prefer to officiate? Like, obviously, you know, you have your, your tag matches can get sticky, but you also have, you know, in four ways and you got three ways and you got your battle Royals. I mean, is there a certain type that you kind of go, yes, this is my bread and butter. Um, I'd say like either scramble matches or like no DQ all the way up to death matches. Wow. Okay. It's like there's there's like a weird art to death matches, even though there's there's technically no rules, like you're still in there like checking on people and clearing, especially like clearing things out of the ring. Whether yeah. it's like broken pieces of the tables, chairs, light tubes, barbed wire, whatever. Have you ever gotten hurt doing that? Um, I've gotten scratched up a bit. Uh at GCW four hundred degrees. Orin Vite and Eric Ryan did a, I think it was like a 200 or 300 light tube match. So there's tubes all over the place. They go, we go to an intermission to sweep all the bits up, but come on. Like we, we weren't getting all the little shards out of that ring. And so right after intermission, they decided to go into just a regular scramble. 
and I'm warning the guys in the back, like, Hey, like we tried our best to get all these shards out, but there's going to be little pieces. So maybe stay off the mat as much as you can. Uh, these, uh, I want to say like almost opening spot or pretty early in like these two luchadors do like the rolling pin spot yeah. all over. Um, and immediately as I'm like, guys, the glass, the glass. And like, I'm chasing after him counting and I'm noticing like my, my forearms are just getting like, like mashed up pretty good. Yeah, man. So that, that surprised me that you went you know, like a, like a death match, man. Cause there's, there's obviously there's a huge amount of danger for the competitors in the ring, but there's some danger in the ring for you as well. So for you to be like, yeah, no death match. That's I'm in. That's, that's surprising to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think really my like worst injury as a ref was just in like a regular match. I took a missile drop kick and you know, it's supposed to supposed to be turned around and like, you know, bam, I'm there instead. Like you just like, conked me right on my temple right on my neck and i was i was on autopilot the rest of the night thankfully it was main yeah yeah absolutely thankfully and i i don't know clark the way that you you sold a nut shot i believe it was from i want to say it was ryan cruz ryan cruz and coldstone tim boston yep yep. one of my favorite one of my favorite matches that uh, in the past (laughs) of the channel oh yeah very good brother probably the last five years one of my favorite matches that i've seen just because i could not i could not hold it together and then you're <laughs> you're there and you sold that nut shot for what about 17 18 minutes i don't know yeah, yeah they pretty much were just like we're gonna go out there we're gonna do we're gonna do some uh comedy stuff and i'm like okay like what do you got and they're they're talking over their stuff and they're like okay like what if we do like the eye poke thing and then um we both get blinded and you take an atomic drop and i'm like okay so i just like sell my nuts all the time I'm like yeah pretty much yeah and you sure as hell did man, that, <laughs> man um I was, I was yelling at you going how big are you nuts that they're gonna hurt for that <laughs> funny <laughs> funny aside to that um one of my first times working with Oren Vite, it was out at fully loaded in fargo uh, the finish of the match was just like like they wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. He gets frustrated and nut shots me. <laughs> Except he was used to working with a much taller ref, so he legit kicked me in the balls like full force. So I, I like it was easy to do that match because I'm just like I had to put myself in that headspace. And um, right after that, like the match immediately after that, uh, I had to do Dante Martin versus Warhorse. So I'm like, my nuts are still hurting and I've got these guys in the ring. So it was easy to just draw from that. Like, <laughs> like trying to move and then like my leg would like seize up and I'm like, Oh God damn it. I hate you. Boone. I hate you. Orin. <laughs> are those, are those comedy style matches a little bit tougher for, for an official to work? Cause I remember like going back to, uh, was it Rob page ref, Jerry Lynn and Al snow at first wrestling. And in those kind of matches, it seems like the referee always gets a little bit more involved or there's like exact time comedic spots. Or are those yeah. is there a degree of difficulty with those type of matches? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it sounds weird because it's a comedy match, but like, especially when I'm doing uh, matches with like Colt Cabana, he's very, very particular about like each like moment. So yeah, it's just, 
it's one part like listening to the timing from them and also from the fans too. So there's like a degree of improv there. Like, I guess like going back to that, like Cruz and like uh Coldstone match, I was like, Oh man, they're both down. Uh, should I, how am I going to do this 10 count? Oh yeah. Hold my nuts. And, what? <laughs> 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 yeah. As, as much fun as I had watching that match, man, you, you absolutely added a, a, an element of comedy that I certainly didn't, I didn't expect. And obviously Ryan Cruz and, and Coldstone are two amazing performers and getting them two together in that comedic match was, was enough for me. But then that little added, like you absolutely added a, an, an element that I didn't expect. So, I mean, hats off to you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like another wacky, like, comedy match um mantle warner versus kikutaru out at gcw la uh one of the uh one of the ending spots is for reasons i don't know wrestling kikutaru is in a heated feud with the invisible man <laughs> <laughs> so the invisible man does a run in and uh like kiku and him start battling each other and then at the end like kiku is going to pick him up and awesome bomb him onto a table outside. <laughs> um, so the timing there and it, it, it kind of didn't go nearly as planned. It was like Kiku picks invisible man up. I'm like, Oh no, put him down, put him down. No awesome bomb. <laughs> and we were trying to time it. So like the table broke, like, Oh, and it ended up being more of a, like, Oh, clink. <laughs> that's awesome that's that's awesome so you you do get uh you get out there on the road quite a bit then as far as officiating are yeah, there like are, are there places that you've you've been that maybe you didn't you didn't expect to be as far as officiating goes one that really kind of helped me figure out like where i at where i'm at and like the the wrestling re- landscape is Actually, in your neck of the woods, uh, Fest Wrestling out out in Gainesville. Okay, awesome. Yeah, no, uh, I Fest is coming back too. I see. Yeah, I'll be there, man. All right, hell yeah. I've been. I really want to drive down. Here's my thing about Fest is like every year I've known about it for years. I that's when I remember uh, Blade or not Blade Butcher Butcher started wrestling, yep. uh, and so I've always wanted to go. But the problem is, is like Fest. Well, always like I'm always interested by the wrestling, and they don't have like one band I want to see. And I'm like, motherfucker. But uh, I've seen the card looking or what it was starting to look like this year, and I'm like, all right, yeah, I think I'm gonna drive up. It's uh, it's not even bad. I, we went through Gainesville to go to uh, Double or Nothing, and I mean, it's like what, like three hours away? Like, yeah, I think I'm gonna be up there. So hopefully, we uh, can make some in person connections there. All right, yeah, so we got a few brewskis. Exactly, but, I'm yeah. stealing your people, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> I'll have Wait, to, Clark, uh, Clark, you're going out for, for beers. Will, what happened, man? I yeah, man. I'm going to get some swamp head. I had the drinks with you, Neil. Got to share the love. But yeah, like, Fest was one because, like, I was taught, like, at least, like, if you want to get to, like, the WWE level, like, refs are supposed to be, like, clean shaven, like, clean cut, no tattoos. Fuck. So I showed up there as, like, you know, like, Mr. Clean Shaven Guy, I had like golf sleeves on to cover up my tattoos. And um, I started talking to the promoter and one of the refs. I'm like, hey, I got these on because I got tattoos. And they're like, dude, what? Why? Like, 
because you're supposed to cover them up. And they're like, no, like show those bad boys off. The 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 fans are gonna have like a better connection with you and with the show because they're like, oh hey, this dude's like one of us. I do. I I can come from that on the other side. I do really enjoy when I see, I guess you could say an alt ref is a good way to put it. When you see someone like tattoos, who's not that, that mold of a WWE referee, I guess is a good way to say it. Sure. Is the, is the philosophy behind that to not draw away from the performer? I think so. Or it's yeah. Like the, the reason I've got kind of at that level is yeah, pretty much like it's a, it's a, like a Vince call. I imagine like with the facial hair and stuff, it's, I think it was explained like they film in like what, like 4k, like it's one of those weird, like nitpicky TV things. If you've got like, like a five o'clock shadow or stubble or whatever. (laughs) I can just imagine 8k stubble in a close up. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. And you know, I'm I'm sure like most of the crowd isn't gonna care, but there's gonna be someone like in charge of it that's like, you know, like uh that uh that Roman Reigns match was awesome, except that ref like you know didn't do a good job shaving. Took me out of the bit, took me out of the moment. I saw that little patch on your neck, bitch. Why did you do this to me? You got that soul patch, like you know, you know, that's it's against the rules. Is it is it the same for most other companies, or is that just a, a WWE thing where they like their people clean shaven? Because obviously, like you know, you do stuff for GCW, um, and you see all different kinds of referees. Um, yeah, I think when I initially started, it was like uh, cover up the tattoos, keep clean shaven. But I think probably around the time like I started working for Fest, a lot more places were just like, yeah, as long as you don't have any like bad words or. You know, any like bad tattoos, we don't care. Sure. Yeah, because even now that I think about it, that uh Cold Stone Ryan Cruz match, I think you had long sleeves on. Maybe, yeah. yeah. That might have been yeah. like my first time working for them. So I was just like like feeling it out. Some of it too is just like feeling out the crowd. Like some shows like like a fast or a freelance or a first, like they're not gonna notice the tattoos. It's just like Everybody else has them there. Yeah. Yep. Whereas like, you know, if you're at like a fair or casino show, like people are going to be heckling the refs. Like, Hey, you know, maybe if you didn't have all them tattoos, you'd be able to get down there quicker. That was like, (laughs) that was like a real heckle. I, that was thrown at me. And I almost like had to pause. Like, yeah, this like, this is like (laughs) one, one plus one equals fish. Like this makes zero (laughs) sense. Have you ever had a, a fan try to attack you? <laughs> um, once or twice. Oh. Um, like I was getting like the I think like the finish was like the the heel did like a quick roll up after you know, like a like a twenty minute banger. Like baby face goes for the pin, like kicks out at like two point nine. Heel just kind of sweeps up for like a a quick roll up pin. And as I was making my way to the back, like, um, legit, like these, these, uh, these drunk guys are like, if you have a ref like that again, we're going to find you boy. You ain't going <laughs> to leave this town. And I'm like, this is the type of shit that only happens deliverance. Good grief. <laughs> like that was like, that was like one where I'm like, um, looking for a couple people. Like I'm kind of scared of the hillbillies. Would you mind walking me to my car tonight? 
I was going to say, was that Nebraska or Arkansas? <laughs> Wisconsin. Okay. <laughs> um, otherwise, like, there's like one or two shows where the fans were just super liquored up and they didn't really fight me per se, but they tried to get in the ring and, Ooh. you know, I had to strong arm, arm them a little bit. Like, yeah, like other side of the barrier. Right. Right. Man, that's gotta be, that's gotta be a situation, man. When you see something like that, I mean, thankfully it's only happened, you know, a, a few times for you, but do you, I mean, are you like thinking, man, I got to take some Taekwondo just in case shit hits the fan here? <laughs> um, well, I did like three years of like Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu. So I'm like, I, I know enough to like keep myself, if keep myself like out of a spot, if you know, things go sideways, right. I'm not like, you know, looking around like, Hey bro, you want to fight? Like, no, it's not me. You don't take the belt out on Saturdays and just go pick a fight at your local Olive Garden. <laughs> yeah. Like, Come on, bro. I don't, you know, just stealing breadsticks from everyone. <laughs> like just shoving stuff off the table. Yo, you're like, it's not a pleasure when what, you're here. Bro, what? I am the OG of OG. <laughs> Get you on the trashers over there, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. Are there are there any? Because obviously. You know, uh, traveling the circuit, and I know, uh, you know, First Wrestling has a, a, a ton of names come through it. Uh, are there any uh, performers that you have been able to officiate for that you were big fans of? Like you're, you're kind of, you're kind of holding yourself back from being like, man, I get to rep this performer. <laughs> I'm as, as I'm looking off to the side here. I'm kind of looking through like my, my match list, like right away, like uh, Jimmy Jacobs was a big one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, big fan of him from like ROH, you know, like impact the Indies, et cetera. Um, probably like that first match you were got to ref Chuck Taylor and uh, fire ant. And I've also ref them in scramble singles, et cetera. Like okay. who else? Probably that Scott Steiner match, like recent, because that was like he was one of my dudes. Steiner and Corbin, yeah, Steiner and Corbin. So he was one of my dudes growing up. Like, you know, um, being like Scotty's driver for the day two was that's a story in and of itself. (laughs) Wait a second, wait a second. You got to be his driver. They were like, "Hey, you're going to pick up Big Papa Pump, his peaks and his freaks." Yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, so like I guess one of the one of the side things about like being a referee is you usually end up getting involved in trying to help out behind the scenes, like production, or I guess in my case, like I do a lot of the airport runs. I get my list of like here's here's who's all on the show, here's when they get in, you know, take care of them for the day. Like especially if we've got like say like a like a gangrel, uh a Scott Steiner, whoever, like you know, make sure they're in a good mood because you know. They're happy and stoked when they get to the meet and greet. Like it's a good experience for the fans. Yes. You know, versus like, you know, you, you show up in like just a trash car, like, and you know, they, they show up just like pissy and they're just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. So, so you're, not, you're not showing up in the rusted out Buick is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Not, not full of like McDonald's wrappers. And <laughs> oh, dude, they don't want to, they don't want to see your leftover uh, McDouble man. No. Hey, <laughs> Man, apparently 
they they don't they don't want to bite either. No, it's still good. I, I hope that you did ask. That's how you <laughs> yeah, found out. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey Scott, big pop a pump. Don't be a big pop a chump. You hungry? <laughs> so yeah, like when when I picked him up from the airport, it was it was pretty normal. Like uh, he's a phone call guy. Usually a lot of a lot of folks are just like they text like, "Hey, I'm here." Yeah. Nope, Scotty's on his Bluetooth, and I didn't know what to expect because I I hear all the like the sh- you know the, like the shoot interviews, genetic yeah. freak things like that, and he was honestly he was he was big Papa Pump, but just like dialed down a little bit, you know, just okay. really like, hey, where's the venue at? What time's we greet? Okay, can we get food? I'm like, yeah, yeah, Scotty, we can get food. All right, uh, there uh Panda Express around here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Scotty. Uh, I can get you a dual pen. Okay, cool. Let's do it. <laughs> Just oh. can't go to the Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> so, You'll like, catch me down there on a local Saturday. <laughs> so, so getting him to the show that that was that was fine. That was easy. At about intermission, he was just like, "All right, my man." Like, yeah, yeah, Scotty. We're gonna go to my hotel. I'm like, cool. We got two stops though. I'm like, okay. What what do you got first? We're going to KFC. Like, KFC, Scotty. It's it's nine thirty. It closes at ten. Well, we better fucking floor it. Let's go, boy. <laughs> like, he was right. not playing any games. He needed some original. No, he, chicken. he needed he needed some chicken. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm I'm fucking booking it because like the nearest KFC is probably I don't know like a forty five minute drive. So I'm flooring it with him, and he's just like, Yo, uh, they got any Cracker Barrels around here? We like Cracker Barrel. I'm like, here's <laughs> one's an hour, dude. Like, we're, we're not going there. Okay. All right. All right. Let's go to KFC. Hope <laughs> to the KFC. He gets like a, I was surprised. He, he only got like a two piece, like two piece slaw drink. I'm like, all right. All right, Scotty. Let's, uh, let's stop number two. We got to go to Super Wally World. <laughs> Super Walmart. Yeah. I got to have on my phone. Let's go. <laughs> what do you need a- at Walmart? <laughs> <laughs> We pull up and we pull up to just a regular Walmart. And he's like, "Oh fuck, I need a super Walmart." <laughs> okay, <laughs> grab him to the super Walmart. And he's like, "You need anything, man?" No, I'm good, Scotty. All right, I'll be back in a little bit. Goes inside. Now, mind you, like this is after the show. It's about like 10, 11 o'clock. He's got a morning flight because you know he wants to get home and be with his family. Yeah. With that in mind, he comes out with like three fucking bags full of groceries. I swear, like one bag was just like two rotisserie chickens. Um, another bag was just full of like random, like it looked like like fruits and oranges and stuff. And he has like no no comment. He's just happy. He's like, "Oh, thank you so much, brother. Thank you for bringing me here." It's like, um, you you know, you know what? Okay, all right, I'm ready to go to the hotel. I'm like, all right. Mind you too, like while while he's like eating eating his KFC and then like tucking into his Walmart stuff, like I've got like the dome light on, and like my concern is like, you know, like I could probably get pulled over for this, but like this is gonna be funny if the cop pulls me over and it's Scott Steiner, on. <laughs> like this is this is something at least worth seeing seeing through. <laughs> Yeah, and that uh, that match between him and Corbin that almost went a little bit sideways there because a fan took a go went off and uh, <laughs> Corbin there, man. Yeah, wow. yeah. He, um, 
I think like I think Steiner's plan was just like you know do the usual bit where you bring the you bring the bad guy outside, put his hands behind his back, and then like a kid chops him. Right. And I think he I think he thought it was a kid, and instead it was pretty much like a grown ass dude that was just like cold cocks him. Yeah. I see like Steiner like break like oh shit that wasn't supposed to happen. I go check I'm like dude you okay? And you're like my jaw's gonna be so sore. <laughs> Man, that's gonna be such a such an experience. That's gonna be awesome for you too because when you get that like you have that that story and that that's a story you'll be able to tell over and over and over again. <laughs> it will never get less funny to anybody that hears it, <laughs> right? And like I had a. I had a bunch of other people to pick up during that day, but someone else ended up taking over for me. So I get there. And the first thing like uh, Colt says is like, he's like, Hey Clark, uh, how, how, how was driving Scotty? Did you get chicken with Scotty? And I'm like, what? That's a thing. He's like, yeah. <laughs> he asked you if you want to go to Cracker Barrel. I'm like, fuck. He, he did actually. <laughs> they know all the stops. Yep. <laughs> Man, could you just have like a preemptive strike and and pick up some Cracker Barrel for Scott? Pick up some KFC for Scott. Get his get his rotisserie chickens ahead. I mean, come on now, Clark. He, you gotta be. I think he wanted right? them fresh. He wanted them fresh. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I think the Super Walmart is the part that that, that gets to be about <laughs> right. Like I'm just sitting in there. Walmart. <laughs> get out of no fucking regular Walmart. He's got standards. Come on. Yeah, yep. Super Wally World or bust. I was hoping that you were saying he came out with a with a pair of Levi Strauss and <laughs> he might have in the third bag. Like wait, do they sell Levi's at fucking Walmart now? Did probably. I miss something? <laughs> oh yeah, they have for years, my man. Mm, no. I used to be upper management with the big W, man. <laughs> they're, they're selling, they're selling Levi's. The dub. Yeah, yeah. The, the the big W. I can I can I can give you a cheer if you want one, Clark. Uh, <laughs> so, so you you're out there. Then you obviously you go and do a ton of different shows all over the place. Um, tell me some of your like your your more like your funnier tales of the road, man. You got you. I, I know you got some. I mean, crack off some of some of those funny road stories for me. Um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of like. Might have been when we we're just coming off a of rock fest. That's out in uh, Kadot, Wisconsin. I had refed like most of that day, so I was just kind of tired. So I was letting uh, uh, two of my buddies take over, Cal Creed and Heavy Metal Lore. And Lore's being navigator. It's just like Cal's asking him, like he's he's a very meticulous guy. Like he needs the GPS up, and he needs to know, like, all right, right turn coming up here, left turn coming up here. I'm just sitting in the back, just like trying to rest my eyes. And I hear him go like, Hey, Lore, um, where are we going? And he's just like, Lore's uh, like, if, if you're unfamiliar with heavy metal, Lore, he's kind of, he's a big, uh, big metal looking dude outside of like when he's like in lore mode, he's kind of a very mellow, like almost like a, like it's me- like a metal head guy. Like to just like, Hey man. Hey. Yeah. So Cal's asking him like, all right, where do we go? It's just like, See over there? Just follow those lights, man. We got this. Cal's like, what? No, I, I need 
fucking GPS. Like, no, like, get me out of here. So just follow the lights, bro. We got this. So, like, Kel's just like, all right, no one else's phone's on. All right, we'll start heading towards the lights. So it's like, like, Laura's just kind of looking at his phone. Like, I, I think he's got his navigation pulled up. I'm not sure. Um, it's like, okay, like, we're going towards these lights. Like, what's what's the next thing? He's just like, take a left up here, man. It's like, really? Yeah, man, let's keep going. Um, so long and the short, we get about 10 miles in when Laura admits, like, my phone's been dead and I'm out of minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured that city's kind of near us. <laughs> so <laughs> did did you get to the city? Did you did you I mean how does that end up, man? Like we we got lost and yeah, we we eventually ended up I think at o- in Eau Claire from just following city lights and city lights. <laughs> we weren't even on like the interstate at that point. It was like getting out of Rockfest is a lot of weird back roads. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like being in the branch at Northfield, Iowa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm I'm trying to think of just like really like funny ones off the top of my head too. Like in matches, it's pretty like especially with some of the older guys, it's it's pretty common to try and get you to break character in them. So like, bad guy will look like he's like right up in your face, like yelling at you, and he's trying to say. He'll, he'll say something like just ridiculous, like I forgot to wipe my ass today. You know, like my butt feels kind of weird. I think there's some poop in it. And the whole time we're just like, you do like I'm I'm trying my best to like keep a straight face, and they're just like, yeah, like oh man, move on like this. Feels like there's crunchy peanut butter in there. And you know, this is while the match is going on. The crowd can't hear it, so like. It's it's pretty much just to you know try to try to crack everyone in the ring up. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> that I can I can man I could I could hardly imagine Steiner coming up to you and be like, hey man, pretty sure I shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 surprisingly more common than you'd think, and like so there's usually like a we're gonna take it home. We're gonna, we're gonna wrap the match up. Why? What happened? Shit my pants. Um. Man, I I wasn't on the show, but like one of the one of the funniest like unintentional things I've uh, heard of in a match was it was Thunder Frog and a Wildcat. Oh man, that's a banger right there already. Yep. Versus, uh, they're called the Dugs. Basically, these two dudes in like these weird Nosferatu costumes. Okay, it was like a comedy gimmick. Like they dance around, and they're weird. So they're doing some tag stuff. Frog and Frog and Cat are doing like some comedy bits. They get to a point where all of them are down on the ground and one of the dogs farts in the ring. Like one of those, like I I probably should have let it out like before before we got here. And it's just like festering and brewing while the ref, like the ref's like just about ready to start a count and out of nowhere, like crowd's kind of quiet so they're like all right we're we're waiting for we're waiting to start the one with the ref frog goes wow we someone shit their pants in here dude (laughs) (laughs) not from the rock god (laughs) that wasn't me dude (laughs) 
shit the pants. <laughs> Man, that, 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 I, I could I could only imagine hearing him yell that in the middle of the ring. I mean, I can't. The crowd, the reaction just from that, and how do the performers? I mean, I don't know how the performers keep a straight face when they're I, in the. Under I think they're they're lucky enough to all be in like masks. So like it's pretty much everyone except for the ref. Like. Right. I've come close to cracking and usually like, I'm like, okay, I, I see, I see hard cam. I'm like, <laughs> do like the awkward, like clear my throat. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was one where like, I couldn't hold it in. I just like fell over laughing. It was, uh, it was for a battle Royal for uh, this, this place called crush wrestling. And one of Two two guys got eliminated. Like this big dude, uh, Stonehenge. Oh yeah, okay, Stonehenge. Yeah. We've actually interviewed him. Okay, yep, yep. Stonehenge and Stonehenge and some other guy. Like I think like his tag partner there. Stonehenge like picks him up for a fireman's carry and tries to bring him through the uh, like what the hell do you call him? Like the the entrance area. Yeah, takes out the entrance area. <laughs> <laughs> Like all the PVC piping starts to tumble, and it's almost like a like a Three Stooges skit. Like he's he's trying to hold up one end, the other end starts like falling on him. <laughs> he goes to the other end, the other you know, like the other end finally collapses. <laughs> he's like trying, yeah, he's trying in vain to like you know keep the entrance up, and uh, I. <laughs> I, I lost it. Like I fell on the floor laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily it was during a battle royal though. So you're on the outside already and everybody, yeah. nobody's, nobody's really paying too much attention to you. <laughs> yeah. It might've been loud enough. Like fans are like, what's going on over there? <laughs> Clark shit is bad. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We do it. Man, that's awesome. So one of the things that, uh, in that uh, the the show in in Northfield, there they had that battle royal. And oh yeah. I was, I was trying to key in on what you actually do during that match because everybody knows the rules, they over the top, and and you're kind of kneeling back down out of the way. I mean, when it comes to a battle royal, is that that's 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 an easy fifteen minutes for you, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty much like our our uh, especially on shows where I'm iron refing like. That's that's my like take a take a break and just kick back. I just look around me to see where the fans are, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna make myself small. So, yeah, yeah, that was uh, I, like I said, I was, I was trying to I was trying to watch it going. Okay, what is he what is he actually going to do in you know in the in, during this match? Because I you know when I'm watching stuff, I try and pick out different things throughout the match, so I'm not always just keying in on what they want me to key in, but I'm keying in on on other things as well. I was like, no, Clark's just kind of. He's ducking over in the corner there. There's not too much going on there. Yeah. Like at most, like depending on the, the company, it'll be like point out someone that got eliminated and they'll announce it over the PA. Right. That's that's pretty easy. Yep. Easy. Yep. Easy Easiest breeze. match. Well, that's 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 great. Is there I mean, have you have you been in a match where you are getting winded where you are like, ah, oh, shit. I don't know if I can, I mean, you we're hitting, we're hitting the 35 minute mark and I, I'm not dropping down for another two. <laughs> um, I came close, like uh, coming out of coming out of COVID. So I was just, you know, sitting around just uh, playing a lot of video games and not really being in shape, Right. but uh, circling back to training for a while there, 
I was the only ref. And I think to just kind of get me into that mindset of like, Hey, there's no timeouts there. Um, we would do drills where like all the students would pair up and practice pins and just be like one after another, we're going to do like a, a regular cover schoolboy, what have you. And I had to be in there the whole time counting. Like there was one, there was one night where like, I tried to slide out quick to get a, a you know, like a drink of water. And the coaches were like, uh, Hey Clark, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, uh, uh, getting water. Like, Oh, cool. What happens if this was a pay-per-view? Can you just be like, Hey guys, pause the feed. I gotta go get a water. No. What you need to do is figure out places to stand and catch your breath. Like if they're down, like working headlocks or things like that, that's your time to like, uh, like take a, take a quick five. Boy, so there, there, I mean, there, that's another layer of, of the craft of the art of being a referee that, that I never really even thought about, like finding your spots in the match where you can take your, you know, your breather and, and, you know, you don't have to be the guy that's right, right in there when they're in the headlock. Do you give up? Like, yeah, you, know, yeah. you don't necessarily need that and that, man, what, what other tricks of the, what other like tricks of the trade have you picked up along the way, man? I'm, I'm trying to think of someone without like, you know, pulling back the curtain too hard. Right. But, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Cause that one's good. Um, iron, like the Ironman match, like it can either be like an easy night or, uh, or like one of the toughest nights. It all depends on if they want to do a, like a legit, like, 30 or 60. Gotcha. Well, cause we all know that the time can be fudged a little bit. Here yeah. Yep. <laughs> you you look over and like, Oh, okay. Yeah. It's 15 minutes. That, that sounds right. Or like, yeah, you got the guy announcing it. It's yeah. kind of like the same, like when you watch like some of the Royal rumbles, like it isn't like they kind of find a pace to start bringing out more and more people. Mm-hmm. You're like, wait a minute. We're, we're doing like this, like countdown really quick here before it was like five minutes between people. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, when I was, when I was younger watching the Royal Rumble, I, I'd have my own little stopwatch because I'd, I'd want to anticipate when the count is coming down and then all of a sudden the count's going down. I'm like, well, no, 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 not yet. Not yet. Like, does, should somebody, <laughs> somebody should call them and let them know something's wrong with the clock. This is not right. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously we want to be, we want to be respectful of your time here, man. I know we, you got a lot of stuff. You got a lot of stuff going on. Will, what else, what else do you got for, for our main man, Clark? Uh, honestly, dude, we hit a lot in this interview, yeah. and I'm really <laughs> yeah, excited was, about it. We were kind of all over, but hey, it was, yeah. this has been fun. How Perfect. about this? Who's your sleeper in fantasy football? <laughs> I'm I'm not a football guy. Like, damn I, it, I, I know. Like, if we were talking like MMA, like things like that, like that would that'd be my jam. Kevin, any sleepers? Wade Boggs. Perfect. <laughs> okay. I'll let you hit the outros. Uh, wait, do you have anything yeah, extra you want to plug? Right, oh, yeah. Stuff to plug here, brother. Yeah, come on. I'm sorry. Get it together, Kevin. It's all good. Mark, um, give it together, Mark. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Heat's always on the ref. Yeah, that's that's the inside <laughs> one. Like, you know, something goes wrong in the match, like blame the ref. <laughs> um so for all my social medias, I made it nice and easy. Like Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, even like uh, PlayStation Network. If any of you out there are gamers, Ref Clark Feldman, nice and nice and easy. You can find me at a lot of places like First Wrestling, GCW, Freelance Wrestling, Fest Wrestling, and 
trying to think of what I've all got for upcoming events. Big one will be first wrestling on September 19th at Piers Brewing and time bomb on uh, be here in Minneapolis on uh, September 25th as well. Yeah. And those, those ones sell out so damn quick, man. Yeah. It's like, my boss has been wanting to come to an event for a minute and I'm like, sorry, dude. Like we don't really like hold tickets. Right. It's, it's time for, it's time for, uh, for first wrestling to book Roy Wilkins. I'm thinking that's, uh, so that'd be the dream, man. They could, they, 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 it could I don't know if it'd be a sellout, but you, you pack the house pretty damn, pretty damn full. That's, that's, that's for sure. Well, Clark, I want to thank you so much for, for taking the time to talk to us, man, for, uh, I mean, also thank you for hanging out and drinking a beer with me. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh yes. man, that was uh, for me. That was uh, that was definitely the time of a life for 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 a lifelong wrestling fan. Man, had a great time again. I just wish somebody knew what the fuck happened. He uh, <laughs> <laughs> beats me. Uh, good times yep, were yep. had. We ended up at a bar in like the middle of nowhere, and um, I think my last like memory for it got a little too hazy is a bunch of us all piled into a truck. Yeah. Yeah, I was driving on a dirt road trying to find the hotel, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was a blast though, man. It was a blast. So again, thank you so much for your time, man. Go out and go out and check Clark is streaming. He's out there, he's doing his thing. Follow him on his socials, man. He's a good, he's a good follow. Again, thank you for your time, man. Absolutely. Uh, Thanks for having can't, me. Can't can't thank you enough.